Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Seven minutes after 10 o'clock at a Think Tank Thursday and uh, on the hot seat now, the Show Me Institute. We are pleased to tell you that Professor Aaron Hedlund is on board. He is their chief economist. We're going to look at uh, this week's uh, jobs report and the CPI report. Uh, Professor, I looked at the jobs report and I was not terribly impressed. It looked like most of the jobs or the biggest segment of jobs came from government. That wasn't very impressive, and a lot uh, of uh, hospitality jobs uh, that I don't see as good careers. What did you make of it? Yeah, those were good things to notice. I mean, you had 73,000 jobs going to government, and then uh, another significant fraction of jobs going to leisure and hospitality. Uh, But then another thing I noticed is really just when I compare that data from the jobs report to the data from the latest inflation report, that wages are shrinking again. Uh, there was actually a period over the course of this year when wages were starting to slowly catch up, but we're now seeing price gains outpace wage gains again. Oh, so that makes it, once again, uh, increasingly difficult to buy what you need to feed your family. Um, what did you make of that uh, inflation report? I mean, the big message to me is that mission not accomplished. I mean, inflation is still running at around 4% a little over 4% if you look at what we call core inflation. And so what that means is that any talk of, first of all, taking credit from the White House for the, from the Inflation Reduction Act, I mean, that's just blatantly absurd. And the Fed rate hikes may not be done. Yeah, I don't think they're done. Uh, I, you know, when I looked at those numbers, I thought uh, this is an incentive for them to continue to raise the rates. I think they're they're looking for a place to get off. <clears throat> for a, for a, a spot where they can just leave the uh, rates alone for a little while, but what I'm seeing makes me think they've got to go further. Absolutely, and I think you, you're seeing the markets over the past couple of weeks start to get this message as well. I mean, that's why we're seeing mortgage rates really pushing closer to eight percent, and you see longer-term Treasuries getting close to five percent. And if they stay like that, and that's a huge problem for the government debt. I mean, you may remember just a couple of years ago, Secretary Yellen talking about how borrowing costs were so low, the government should just take on more debt. Well, it looks like borrowing costs aren't so low anymore. No, uh, it, it's it, it actually it's uh, approaching the the uh, in, in terms of the budget, the amount of money we're spending on defense. They're getting Absolutely. close. And, 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 and there's no off-ramp to this because we're actually projecting an increase in the deficit this year, a very large increase, and there's no recession. There's no reason for the deficit to go up. It's just going up because of blowout spending. Professor Aaron Hedlund with us, uh, Chief Economist the Show Me Institute. Every time we cross an additional trillion dollars in debt, Professor, I ask my listeners to figure out how long it would take to pay off the debt if you could pay down the principal at a million dollars a day. And when we uh, crossed the last trillion dollar threshold, it was something like 90,000 years. That was like, you know, maybe two or three weeks later, uh, we look at the national debt clock, and in that two or three weeks, we came up to almost half a trillion more dollars in debt in just a matter of weeks. Uh, how did that happen? What is is that an anomaly? What 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 caused that surge? Do you have any idea? 
I mean, the political establishment in D.C. for many, many years now has com- had their eyes completely off the ball when it comes to spending discipline. But they've taken it to another level that I couldn't have possibly imagined over the past couple of years. I mean, they're just throwing all, all caution to the wind. I, I mentioned that Secretary Yellen remark earlier. I mean, they, the, the administration really thought that because of their zeal for climate policies and green energy policies and subsidizing everything under the sun, they figured, let's just go ahead and spend as much as we can. And here we are. I mean, we're in a situation where we have the same, the, the debt relative to the economy is the same as it was during World War II, and we're not in the middle of a war, uh, despite the fact that we now have all these other conflicts bubbling up around the, around the globe. So we are in a really precarious position. What's going on with the price of oil? You know, Saudi Arabia is cutting back. OPEC is cutting back. Prices started going up. Now they're starting to go down again. Have you got any idea what's causing that? I mean, it's always tough to follow the gyrations from one day to the next. I mean, if we look at over the past month, energy prices are higher than they had been. So we have had some increases, but it's one of those things where it's always supply and demand. And you've got economic forces going into that. You've got and geopolitical forces going into that. But the reality is, and I think this is the bigger message, is we shouldn't be at the mercy of what OPEC is doing. What we should be doing is returning to a position of energy dominance, where we are unleashing the floodgates of energy here in the United States instead of relying on authoritarian regimes in other parts of the world to supply the energy that we need. I I absolutely agree, 100%. You know, it, and it doesn't mean you have to bring the oil up this morning. Uh, you just have to let the uh, the world know it's on its way and prices start going down. So Exactly. All right, um, all right so uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at the broader picture. I want you to compare, if you can, uh, what Volcker did and the interest rates as we see them now. Are they, can we compare them the same way? Uh, are they are they looked at the same way? Uh, is there a different metric in the way they compute interest rates um, and and inflation? Is it in other words, can, is it apples to apples? Yeah, so I think we, we can look at the numbers as apples to apples, and certainly interest rates are not where they were in the late seventies and early eighties. I mean, inflation got really out of hand and stayed out of hand for a very long time. And, of course, in 2022, we did, in fact, hit a 40-year high of inflation. And the fact that it's come down from that is why we're seeing all this cheerleading coming out of D.C., which is utterly bizarre, because, again, inflation is still more than twice what it's supposed to be. And people have lost $4,000 of purchasing power over the, over the last few years. Um, but, yeah, mortgage rates hit close to 8% compared to 3% has a tremendously bad impact on people's bottom lines. A typical house, which is now over $400,000, by the way, costs $1,000 more per month now than it did a couple of years ago when, when mortgage rates were down at 3%. And there's really no sign that interest rates are going to go down until inflation gets under control. Yeah, I'm, I'm not selling my house, not, at the, you know, not with my mortgage payment, uh, just to swap it out for something that's going to cost me a whole bunch more. Uh, so uh, they just have to keep raising interest rates. What Do you think there's a number that you could look at, Professor, and say uh, 9%, that ought to do it, or 8%, that ought to do it? 
So I think what the Fed is trying to do first is reset expectations. And I think that's really what's shown up in the markets, is that markets were thinking that, yeah, interest rates are high right now, but the Fed will cut a bunch next year, and therefore things like mortgages and treasuries you know, don't have to go as high. I think what the Fed has communicated over the past several weeks is actually, no, they're not planning on cutting much next year. And I think the latest data just further reinforces that. And that's why you're seeing these longer term rates go up. So I think in, in ongoing communication, the Fed has to hold the line and be even stronger. So that's really the biggest lesson from past decades is whenever the Fed got a little bit shy and uncertain and started to pull off the trigger prematurely, inflation reared up, and then they decided to step in twice as hard and more painfully after that. So it's much, it's going to be much less painful if the Fed holds the line currently. And of course, there's the, there's the bit that we really everyone should be talking about, which is we could get out of this mess much more quickly if we had much better fiscal policy. Or if Congress stops spending at the rate it's doing, and particularly the White House, and if we instead had a pro-growth supply side agenda, we could have growth and lower inflation. If, if the government, they would just quit hiring people. I mean, every time they hire somebody, it's inflationary. The, the more people they hire with money they don't have, the more they have to print. The, I mean, the, we have a, there's, a, there's a philosophy in certain corners of the government that believes that we can spend without consequence. And I think even the American public was starting to believe it because the consequences weren't evident until the past few years. And now people are seeing this is the cost of excess government. Prices going up at the checkout counter and your paycheck getting eroded. And so hopefully this means there'll be more pressure on leaders to not engage in such inflationary spending down the road. We can only hope. Uh, Professor Aaron Hedlund, the Show Me Institute, have you uh, written anything on this on the website? Absolutely. I encourage everyone to go to showmeinstitute.org. Okay. Professor, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. All right. Professor Aaron Hedlund on the Gary Nolan Show on a Think Tank Thursday. Uh, we've got uh, Dave Rowland coming up, and we're going to talk about the uh, candidates running for, that are hopefully going to be, one of them will be the chief of police in the city of Columbia. We'll do that at 11 o'clock with Mike Murphy, because he's got some information that, well, you're not getting anywhere else about the candidates. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 21 minutes after 10 o'clock on a Think Tank Thursday. Glad to have you with us. A couple of pieces at Reason Magazine uh, that I thought were um, definitely worth uh, the read. I'll, I'll give you a couple of, uh, I'll give you a recap on a couple of them. Uh, one of them is about homeschooling. And uh, it, I don't know if anybody of you, if any of you are familiar with John Oliver. He is a way left comedian who hosts a, a cable show and he has discovered homeschooling and typical of progressives just so typical of progressives he says well okay it can be a good thing but the government doesn't have any idea what what's going on there are there are places where these parents are we we don't know what they're teaching their kids we can have homeschooling, but we need more government oversight. Why? What is it with you progressives that you think the government is, you, you know, the has to be in control of everything? 
he, he, you know, he, he finally admits that it's, it's good. And I've been telling you this for the longest time. It, it, your ed- education for your kids, the government shouldn't have any, any say-so. They shouldn't be able to say, you must teach this or you can't teach that. They, they should have nothing at all to do with the education of your children. That should all be guided by your conscience and the free market. Oh, some people may say, but what if somebody doesn't want to educate their children? See, that argument always applies to the other guy. Would you not educate your kids? Well, of course I would. But what if somebody else doesn't? Well, right now we are spending billions and billions of dollars on government education... And there are hundreds of thousands of kids who are not getting an education. The difference between a parent that wouldn't get their kid an education in a free market and kids that aren't getting an education in the government schools is billions of dollars. The same outcome is just that with the government schools, it costs billions of dollars. And, of course, that, that urge that the government has to be a part of everything, um, that they have to regulate everything. By one estimate, there are now around 2 million children being homeschooled in this country, and parents can choose that for all sorts of reasons, he says. Uh, maybe their kids have social or health problems or disabilities that aren't being accommodated. Maybe their families with legitimate fears about school safety or who are in the military and move around a lot. And there's also a growing number of black parents opting to homeschool due to whitewashed curriculum and zero tolerance policies in school that disproportionately criminalize their kids at an early age. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that. So he admits there are a lot of reasons to do it. Uh, and the fact is that some kids are getting uh, to be homeschooled can be transformative. But at the end of the day, his problem is the government doesn't have their fingers in it all. They're, they're, they're just not. They're, they're letting these people do as they want with their kids. We can't have that. Why? Because, because you're, you're too, too stupid. stupid. Yeah. A little out of sync there, but... Uh, but yeah, they give the idea. <laughs> Besides, the parents would not teach their kids about gender studies. And these things are so important in today's new world, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we can't run the risk of them not doing that. No, huh? Yeah, we have to have the government regulate the snot out of everything. It's frustrating. Uh, but really, get your kids out of government. Think about how much money we could save if the government didn't tax us to provide education that's way more expensive than it should be. You could educate your kids, do a better job of it, be more thorough in it, and who knows your kids better than you? their weaknesses, their strengths, and do it for almost nothing. I uh, MC. I guess I've done it about three or four times, uh, a bunch of homeschoolers' uh, graduation. And
and I get a chance to chat with some of these kids. A friend of mine's uh, kids were homeschooled and, and were part of the graduation thing. They asked me to emcee it, and I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. They even offered to pay me. They, they, they gave me a check, and I just donated it right to the church. I, Thank you very much. Let me endorse it. You guys can keep it. Because I was so proud to be a part of this. I get to chat with these kids. And they are incredibly mature. Remarkably intelligent. It, it, it is such a difference from most government schools. The level of maturity these kids have. I'm telling you. And the money you save by not paying all those taxes, well, you could probably raise your kids on one income. Just think about how much, you know, your personal property tax for your cars, motorcycles, boats, farm animals, blah, 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 blah. Plus the real estate tax on your home. Most of that money goes to the government schools. And then there's, you have to buy their textbooks uh, or, or you have to buy uh, clothes that, uh, that are suitable for them. I guess the government schools should provide most textbooks. But there are other costs associated with this. It's expensive. It's not, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, government education, oh, it's free. Look what the government is doing. They're giving me a free education. No, no, they're... They're cheating your kids out of a truly good education. And they're cheating people out of their money. I don't have any children. Why am I compelled to pay for your kid's education? Why should I pay a hefty tax on my house and my car to put your kids in school? They're not my kids. I didn't have them. They're yours. Really, it's, it's, it's incumbent upon you to get your kids out of those government uh, institutions because they're not helping. They're indoctrinating. And it's leading to all kinds of problems and will continue to as we go down the road. Starve the beast. Bring your kids home. Also, uh, a piece at Reason Magazine that I thought was really good uh, dealing with this uh, alleged opioid problem. Because there really isn't. At least there wasn't until we passed things like PDMP. Until we forced people who are addicts to go outside of the normal realm to get uh, their opioids. And the studies that have been done on this have been just as crooked as they could be. Uh, I'll play part of this. It's it's a bit lengthy to go through the whole thing, but I will uh, I will play it in the next segment of the program. Then Dave Rowland is on with us. Uh, he has all kinds of great cases that I think you're going to find fascinating, uh, including uh, a right way he says to file a lawsuit and a wrong way. Unfortunately, he says Democratic candidate for Attorney General Elad Gross chose the wrong way. We'll find out what that's all about when he's on at 11.15 on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
It's 10.35 on a Think Tank Thursday. Dave Rowland coming up the right way and the wrong way to file a lawsuit. We will get with him at about 11.15, 11.20. Mike Murphy is going to be on board. If you're in Columbia, we're looking for a new police chief. He's got information about the candidates that you're not getting from the city. I'll be interested to hear what he has to say. I've already made up my mind. Jill Schlute is the one who should be the next chief of police. She lives in the city. She's been a part of this uh, police department. She knows the ins and outs, what works, what doesn't work. There's just no reason uh, to go away from there. Uh, in the meantime, I've got a piece coming up. The war on pain drugs is a colossal failure. We'll tell you how we got there. Uh, been talking about homeschooling in the last segment. And to that end, Jenny is on the line. Jenny, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Gary, for taking my call. I listen to your program, and I love it. Um, Anyway, what I want to mention is uh, yesterday on the news, they were giving out, the United Way is giving out three different books to little kindergartners, first, uh, uh, kindergartners and first graders to read, to help them with their reading skills. My thing is, is to be careful what's in those books because the United Way uh, supports abortion, they're left wing, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was some uh, you know, transgender stuff in there, some naked men and women in those uh, little books. And don't just look at the cover, look inside. And I'm telling parents and even grandparents to look inside those books and see what's actually in these books. Because the library uptown here, and I've been there, and I've looked at those books that they have for little children, and there's pictures of naked men and women in these books. And so I don't trust the United Way. I don't trust our library um, to give healthy, upstanding books to our little children. And that's really my comment for today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jenny, thank you very much. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I haven't seen the book, so I don't know what the content is. But anytime you're going to give your kids some information, you should go through it first. Uh, it, just, it just makes sense. But uh, whether or not th there's anything in those books, I don't know. I do know this. We used to learn reading through phonics. There are several, you know, there are some rules in, in phonics. And once you get those rules down pat, once you understand those basic rules, you can sound out any word in the English language that you come across. Maybe a little bit of a challenge but you can sound it out using the rules of phonics. But we, we don't use phonics anymore. Now we're using that stupid sight say thing or sight see thing, whatever it is. See a see say or a sight see or whatever it is, where you look at a word and you memorize how it, you know, what the word is without learning the rules of phonics. Well, that's great if you keep reading the same words all the time. But you don't have the tools to figure out how to pronounce a word you've never seen before. And that's problematic. But government schools are doing this. I can, I can, I still remember, I think it was third or fourth grade when they, uh, maybe it was second grade, I don't remember for sure what year it was. Between second and fourth, I got a book in school at St. Anne's and it was Fun with Phonics. That was the name of the book. I can still remember it. Once you learn those things, they're with you for life. Let me go to the phones here. Roy is on the line. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Um, 
on education. Um, some reports I have seen, several have popped up in the past few months. I think they may have been started by NASA, but somebody was looking for geniuses. And they started looking at young children. And they did research for several years. And what they found out is sending them to school is when you stamp out geniuses. Geniuses are common among five-year-olds. Well, I remember wanting to go to school. when I, I remember my sister, she was a couple of years older than me, and she was going to school, and I wanted to go to school. I believed a lot of that stuff, too. I really did. But it was preached to me by my parents who loved me. And once, you know, I spent a couple of years there, I didn't want to go to school anymore. I thought it was jail. Yeah. I mean, I why? It. And And I'm sorry, I'm a little bit faster than a lot of the people that I went to school with. I was bored to tears every day. Yeah. I, I remember um, having some problems with math and geography. And it wasn't the school system that fixed me. It was my mother. Yep. I learned how to educate myself, and I've been free ever since. Um, oh, there was one more point. Yes. They've gotten it. They've worked out the depression system. They've adopted it. They've manipulated it for a while. There's a reason why there's a teacher's union, um, but they've stamped out genius pretty well. They've gotten to the point where they think they can educate actual um, male-female relationships out of the kids at an early age. And Apparently, they're having some degree of success. Yes. That should be very alarming. That's why I made the call. All right. Roy, thank you. Glad thank to have you. you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, and I told this story on the air before. We, uh, I, I was having a hard time, it, and I don't know how old I was, but I was pretty young, and I was learning to count, and trying to get past 100 was my problem. I was good, was good up to 100, but instead of going to 101, I would go to 200. And I can remember my mother drilling me on this. And, you know, and I remember where I was when the light bulb went off. She did what government school teachers couldn't do. Parents, you're missing an opportunity. And, you know, one of the best things about homeschooling is that every minute of every day that you spend with your kids is an opportunity to teach them. It's not just, you know, from 8 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon. It's all day, all night, every day. You can be giving your children an education. And you, you'd be feeding it, feeding it to them a little bit at a time. And it's free. Uh, 874-9390, toll free 800-529-5572. To Jeff City we go. Alan, good morning. Hey, hey Gary, how you doing? I am well, thank you. Part of the problem is educators are quick to want to jump on the latest and greatest, sometimes before it's the latest and greatest. We were stationed in California, and uh, at the time that California dumped phonics and went to the whole language system, and basically it was based on, I believe, a couple of researchers, professors from University of Arizona that went to New Zealand and studied New Zealand because it was one of the most literate countries in the world. Well, they had gotten away from phonics. Actually, they didn't completely get away from phonics, but they went to this whole language thing. Well... 
California read this study and, and thought, oh, this is a cat's meow, let's do this. And basically, California dropped phonics. If a teacher brought anything phonics into school, they were subject to being fired and were fired. Um, and it was a completely different system. And it was when they came up with the, oh, if somebody spells cat, D-A-T, give them a gold star. That's good. We, we want them to do that. Uh, but anyway, California fell from, oh, they were over halfway uh, within the states on, on reading language arts, and they fell precipitously almost to dead last. They were dead last or second to last. But they jumped on something that was completely different. In New Zealand, people start reading to their children in utero, and they read to them regularly as they're growing up. That's just a little bit different than what happened in L.A. or L.A. County. Uh, so it just didn't work. It, it, you didn't have the same parameters. Why do you suppose they're they're doing this at the government level why do you suppose they're not teaching them to read why do you suppose they're not teaching them math what what is the goal of all this i don't know what the goal is gary but i know the reason you know part of one of the results uh, as soon as we started hearing about all these uh places last year during the last election presidential election that were going to go to mail-in balloting as soon as i heard that i thought okay we've lost the election and the reason being you've got people out there who they get a sound bite from abc NBC, CBS, uh, the Republicans that are going to throw grandma over the cliff, etc., etc. And those were people who had no interest in going to the polls, but you send them an envelope and let them vote and mail it in, they're going to go with the sound bites. And as long as they're doing that, they're not doing it on anything educated. And that gains the government. That's what gains a certain party, anyway. A certain party, all right. Alan, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. There's got to be a goal to all this. Uh, and, and it's your kids that are suffering. You may think to yourself, well, gee, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices or uh, it's going to be challenging. If your goal is to educate your children so that their futures are brighter, then you better homeschool. I'm just telling you, it's a much better alternative. I'm going to have to give you a, just a brief recap on this uh, war on pain drugs uh, and I'll do that in uh, the next segment of the program. We've got to take a quick break. Mike Murphy is going to be on if you're in Columbia. We're looking for a new police chief. Mike says he's got information on these candidates that you're not hearing from the city. We'll kick that around with him. Then Dave Rowland on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 10 to 11 on a Think Tank Thursday. Mike Murphy coming up at about 15 minutes at about 5 after 11. Uh, we're looking here in Missouri, in Columbia, for a new police chief. Uh, they've narrowed it down to four candidates. I've looked over what I found um, that was available from the city. And, you know, I'm sticking with my my uh, uh, chief, uh, my pick for chief, which would be Joel Schluti. But he has information that the city is not giving us. This is information you've probably not heard. Uh, and uh, so Mike Murphy will be on from Como Buzz to share that with us. Then Dave Rowland will be on board the right way and the wrong way to file a lawsuit. Uh, in the meantime, we're talking about uh, homeschooling. I got this piece on uh, these uh, opioid uh, statistics. And I'm telling you, it's not what they've been telling you. We'll try to get to it all on the Gary Nolan Show. But let me kick it off with uh, Mary Beth. Good morning, Mary Beth. Good morning, Gary. Um, I just want, you were talking about your mom teaching you, uh, getting you through this uh, roadblock you had with math. Yeah. My son, my son, and I'm, I'm old, so this has been many years ago, but my son, who's incredibly smart, 
kind of aced through about first and second grade because he didn't have to study. It just came real easy to him. And then once he got to a point where he had to learn something, like multiplication tables, that was just a roadblock for him. He didn't know how to learn. And I sang to him. And he, I drove him crazy. Every time he was in the room, I'd say, nine times seven is 63. And I would just go through <laughs> those. And that's how he learned them. I mean, it, it drove him crazy. But, but he see, thanked me for it. But that's what you can do as a parent that they don't do in school and can't do right. in school. Right. Uh, I remember. I don't uh, even know if they learn them anymore. I have no idea. But Yeah. my. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. My mother went out and bought flashcards for math, and yeah. uh, and she had my sister hold up the math the the math cards uh, to ask me the questions. And of course, uh, it, you know it was it was a family affair, uh-huh. much better than anything the government schools could do. Absolutely, I totally agree. All right, Mary Beth, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Opioids. Uh, There has been an attack on opioid uh, prescriptions for non-cancer chronic pain, uh, and they started pushing this around 2010. We now have in the state of Missouri this this, uh, prescription drug uh, reporting deal, uh, and, and the government is coming down on doctors who prescribe opioids. And they say they're doing it because people are dying. But it's actually because they're cracking down that people are dying. Uh, and, the, and the studies that they have done are absolutely disconnected from reality. If, if you believe that the government doesn't do anything well, then you've got to look these numbers over because they're just completely distorted. And making the problem worse, exacerbating the problem is this pre- prescription drug monitoring program and, and these other things. Um, the crackdown uh, on, on uh, opioids coincided with perhaps caused a rapid growth in heroin overdose deaths and later an explosion in illegal synthetic opioid deaths, primarily fentanyl, which is an illicitly manufactured substance that has been added to or substituted for heroin they literally cause this problem and it's only going to get worse i don't i don't i don't think i'm going to have time to get into all the details but i'll grab a call or two i'll start off with david david good morning yes how you doing there gary i'm well this is a lack of common sense and totally asinine what you know here my take on this this reminds me of the oil thing where they completely uh, they're way ahead of themselves. You know, they totally forget about the people that are in pain. And we've had opioids for centuries, just like we've had oil. And all of a sudden, they want to do away with it, but they forget the people who are involved with pain and that that these opioids have actually helped. You know, they think hemp and uh, all this stuff is, you know, C- CBDs and all that stuff is going to replace opioids. Wrong. It's not going to do that. No more than electric cars are going to replace fossil fuels and all that stuff. They have no in-between. There was no foresight in this at all. The deal with the doctor shopping and stuff, there's where they should have went in into that. 
It was not anything. There was no common sense with these yahoos. High IQ, low common sense. You know, if and here's the question I want to ask all you drug warriors out there. If you had a, a, a child that was addicted to drugs, would you rather they be buying the drugs from some guy in the middle of the night in the bad side of town, or would you rather they be able to go into a drugstore and legitimately purchase a product that they know uh, was manufactured safely? Simple question. And if you yeah, think... Gary, yeah, uh, Gary, I know a guy that uh, I even worked with. He had fentanyl patches that he literally, he would uh, actually, well, basically, you suck the stuff out of it for the pain and stuff, and he lived and uh, didn't have a problem with it, and he worked. I literally worked. You can't do that off the street. You'd be dead in a heartbeat with the, the crazy fentanyl you get off the street. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting, and that's part of the problem. That's true. All right, David, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You can get, if you go to Reason.com, Reason.com, uh, there is uh, a piece about uh, about these uh, the, the opioid. It's the shady statistics behind the war on painkillers. This guy is a statistician. He explains very clearly what we're doing wrong in looking at these numbers and how distorted they are. The, the, these pharmaceutical companies that are paying billions of dollars uh, that are going broke because of these lawsuits, they shouldn't be getting punished at all. Literally, the government created the problem and then blamed the pharmaceutical industry. And, and, and they're destroying these companies. We should never have passed PDMP in the state of Missouri. We shouldn't do it anywhere. The government just shouldn't be involved. All right, uh, we're up against the clock. We've got to take a break here and uh, get you up to date with what's going on around town and around the world. However, uh, Mike Murphy is going to be with us in just a few minutes. He, he says that he can offer more about the actual experience of the candidates. And he writes, not what's been in city press releases and what options they present for the city manager. If you live in the city of Columbia, this is an important step. Finding the new chief of police. So you'll want to listen to Mike Murphy because you're likely to hear things you might not hear elsewhere. And that's next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 